Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. We've been in a series called When Jesus is Lord, and what that is all about is letting Jesus be in charge of every aspect of our lives. So, so far in the series, we've... um, spoken about how Jesus is Lord of our families and Lord of our finances, Lord of, you know, our outreach and Lord of our inreach, the the Lord of the church and the Lord of all, you know. So what we're going to continue with today is the idea that Jesus is the Lord of our gifts, talents, skills, whatever you want to call those, the things that, um, the things that we have, Jesus is the Lord of those. And um, the uh, kind of the question then to begin with is, so what, what are our gifts, right? I mean, I guess really the better question is, what, what, is, what is not our gifts, right? Do you have anything that you haven't been given? And, and maybe it sounds silly when you ask it that way, but I think it is worth saying because I, we can just... We kind of tend to forget, right? Throughout this series, we've been using the word stewardship a lot. And to be a steward means to take care of something on behalf of someone else, that, something that doesn't belong to you. Uh, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan like I am, you know, Denethor was the steward of Gondor, right? And he, this may be obscure to some of you, I'm sorry, just, just bear with. But he, <laughs> anyway, I know the movies are pretty old now. Some of you might not even remember, but the, um, and the books are even older. But anyway, he was a steward of this mighty kingdom. Um, but because the true king had been gone so long, he kind of started to think that it was his. And more and more, he just started to take control over it. He's like, you know, the stewardship has been in my family for generations. Like, this is mine, you know. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't do a good job of giving it up to its its rightful owner. And we we don't want to we don't want to be like that because he was, he was put in a position of authority, but he was put there as a, as a remembrance, as a, as a representative of the true king in whom the power lay. And that is the case for all the things that we've been given to. Now, the thing that can happen is that we, we just kind of forget because, you know, our gifts, well, First of all, we should make a distinction between natural gifts and spiritual gifts, right? So I'll talk about ways that those are different and ways that those are the same. So a natural gift that you have is something like innate to you. It might be um, personality, like some people are naturally outgoing or some people are naturally like detail-focused and very like attentive to details. Some people are really smart. Some people are very creative, and creative works just flow out of them. And if I'm describing you in any of those descriptors, then you probably don't remember a time when you were not that way, right? If you are, like, if you are really good at, like, focusing on details and solving problems, that probably has been pretty innate to you. If you've always been an artist, and you've just been creating things for God's glory, you know, you don't probably remember much of a time when you were not creative, 
right? If you're smart, you've probably always been smart. Um, and so maybe you see where I'm going with this. Because that's like, it's been so long, it can be easy for you to think that that just has something to do with you. Like, oh, that's, that's just me. It's, it's mine. And, you know, it's always been that way. So it must be like springing up from me. But um, the perspective from the Bible is that every good gift that we have comes from God. Maybe you're familiar with James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. And so if you have something good in you, whether you've had it forever or whether it developed later, which we'll talk about with spiritual gifts, then that is a gift from God. I want to start out by reading from the book of Hebrews chapter 13. And I want to just pray this over us. I'll probably just pray this over us again at the end because this is a prayer that um, the writer of Hebrews prayed to help remind us of this stuff. So right at the end of Hebrews chapter 13, in, starting in verse 20. I'll give you a second to get there. This was his prayer over the people that had just read his letter. It was, it was full of instruction about how to, how to walk as a believer, how to use the things that God has given you, and how to grow into maturity. And this was his prayer at the end of it. He said, Now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. I'm going to read that one more time. Now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, may that God equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. So, do you guys, do you guys hear what he's saying there? He's saying that everything, anytime you see that word in the Bible, right there in, uh, in verse 21, may he equip you with everything. That means that if, you, if, there's, if you're going to be equipped with anything, you need God to equip you with it. Every, all of the equipping falls under God. None of the equipping falls under you. And we'll talk about how the, like, the paradox of that, that there's things that God gives us to work on, even though he does the work. Because listen to what it says. It says, may God, may he, that's God, may he work in us what is pleasing to him. We tend to think that it's our job to please God, right? But God, and what Paul's saying here, or not Paul, well, some people think Paul wrote Hebrews. I actually don't, but I am so used to saying about all the New Testament epistles that it was Paul, because he wrote so many of them, but we don't know who wrote Hebrews. Anyway, what he's saying is that there's, and this is something that Paul said elsewhere too, and I think that's why I can confuse it, but he said that God works in us what's pleasing to him. And for what 
our part in that is, you see how that relates to stewardship? Like we are the stewards of stuff that was placed in us by God to then please him and bring him glory in the world. He's working it inside us, and we're just trying our best to say yes and not get in the way of that. And the way that that happens is through Jesus Christ, it says there. So, all that to say that if, there, if you find yourself equipped with something good that came from God, and it is meant to point towards God, does that make sense? God has given us these things because we're meant to work out through them what is pleasing to him and what is going to bring him glory and make his name famous in the world. So that includes our personality. Um, that includes our creativity. That includes the natural giftedness that we have. Um, there's, a, there's a theological term, a theological distinction that you know, theologians talk about, this idea of common grace versus special grace, right? So we know that, because we're going to get into talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, but there are, you know, all people have innate gifts, right? Whether they know Jesus or not. That's, and that's part of what would be called common grace. God has given to everybody things that are meant to point to his glory. And even people that don't try to serve Jesus when they live out their purpose, they accidentally bring glory to God. Some of them would be angry about it. <laughs> Some, uh, you know, philanthropists, you know, that are, you know, very anti-God, but are still supporting the, the, really the work of God to make the world, world better, they don't even know. But they're reflecting God's glory and their generosity. That's something that he made them to do. It came from him. And everybody has stuff like that. So those, there's these natural gifts that are given to us and are part of us just because we are made in the image of God. If you are smart, that's because God is smart. You're reflecting something about who he is. If you are naturally kind and loving, um, that's, that's how God is. If you're naturally creative, God is expansively creative. He's creating all the time. You're just a mirror of who he is. And you can, and people are that mirror whether or not they know Jesus. But the Bible also talks about special grace that's given to people who know Jesus. This and um, and grace is the key word there. Grace is what? It's a gift that we don't deserve, right? It's not anything that anybody has earned. You don't earn further gifting by accepting Jesus. He just hands it to you. It's grace. And all the passages in the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts, they use that word grace. What we have in our Bible as gifts, it actually says grace, charis in Greek. And so like the grace that's given us, this, this free gift there's more of those, like more of it is released. More of what you were meant to be can be released by knowing Jesus. And these are what we call gifts of the Spirit. Um, yeah, graces, graces of the Spirit, special graces. It's good, it's just always good to remember that because, man, I, you know, I just kind of feel 
convicted to say this. We are so good at trying to take what God has given and say that it's ours, right? Some of you have been a believer, a follower of Jesus for so long that you think that you did that too. Maybe. (laughs) Right? Because like, I've known Jesus since I was a kid. It's hard for me to remember a time when I didn't. It's, I kinda, it's easy for me to think like, oh, something must be really good about me that I've been able to do this. But no, like this was a gift. I was lucky enough to receive it when I was a child. But that doesn't mean that it came from me <laughs> in any way, <laughs> right? This was the, the faith that I received, the gifts that I have, have all been given. And so we can easily do that with salvation even. We need to remember that this thing comes from God first to last, and all that we offer is a response. Um, and so it can, it can be that way with our gifts, too. Like, we, we didn't, uh, you know, we're not like the kingly line that is just in deserving of inheriting this, you know. Although Jesus says we are a line of kings, and he does have an inheritance for us, That's all a gift that comes to us from him. I mean, even our life, the breath in our lungs, right? Nothing nothing that you have was anything but a free gift. And that's how the gifts of the Spirit are, too. So we can be good stewards of our natural gifts, the things that God has made us talented in, has shaped our personality to do. Um, And... You know, I, I want to say before I move on to that, you know, I mentioned being outgoing as a gift, but being an introvert is a gift to God. The God of, of joy and talking is also the God of silence. God is fully at peace with who he is, and he loves to connect deeply with people one-on-one. He's not just about the crowd. So you reflect something of God, too. I just thought that was important. But let me read to you um, a passage about spiritual gifts. This is from Ephesians chapter 4. And um, I just want you to see that as we're going to talk about how to be stewards of what God has given us. So I just wanted to lay out before all of that at the beginning that everything we have and all that we're about to talk about is from Jesus and for Jesus. All right, and we're going to talk about how he wants us to participate in that, right? Because what I don't want you to hear, I, I emphasize the sovereignty of God and the power of God, but what I don't want you to hear is, well, and this was an issue that Paul had to address a lot. It's like, well, you know, there's grace, so I'll just do whatever I want, you know, or God is sovereign, so I don't have to do anything. And those are both the wrong conclusions to draw. So, God, although he has chosen to give things, and we don't, he hasn't chosen to explain himself always about why he gives what to whom, and, but what we do know is that he wants us to participate. It's not just like, oh, well, we'll just let God handle it. He wants us to do something with the gifts that he's given, and this is a repeated theme throughout scripture. So, in Ephesians 4, this is Paul, and he's talking about what the different gifts are for. And he's not making any effort to give an exhaustive list. He's just listing some and talking about what they're meant to be pointed at. So, 
Ephesians 4, verse 11 and following. So Christ himself gave us the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Why? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we can see in that verse that there, you know, God is, God is loving and he is just expansive in his gifts, but he has a specific thing in mind for them when he gives them, right? It's not just, you know, for fun, although I think he does have fun giving us things. Um, I think he really loves it, actually, and I think it, it makes him smile. Like, you know, if you're a parent, like, if you give something to your kid and they, they're just like, oh, this is the best thing ever, even if you think it's kind of dumb, you know, it still lights up your life to see it, right? Whether or not it has any purpose, you know, seeing like, so, and God, God is like that with us. Again, you know, these things that are in us reflect something of him. He loves to give us things and just see us go, whoa. So there is that element of joy in God too, I believe. But also, he has plans for the gifts that he's given us. And what Paul is saying there is a few things that, that these gifts are for. He's talking specifically about spiritual gifts here, like, like Holy Spirit gifts. But I believe that the principle he's saying applies to all the things that we're good at. Anything that we've been gifted, whether from, you know, from birth or from, you know, whether from our conversion or, you know, later on, as we'll see, like spiritual gifts can come later, that it's for some things. And one of them is for building up his body, it says. So these things were given to equip us for good works. There's that equipping again, which we saw in Hebrews, that, that God has good things that we can do. And not, um, not so much in the sense of good things that we have to do, but he has the way of life for us planned out. And he can teach us how to step into that. So there's equipping for good works. There's building up the body, and there's growing into unity and maturity. It is easy for us when we're looking at our gifts to think of ourselves uh, in the individual sense. This is just a very American thing to do. I mean, I'm sure people in other countries struggle with it too, but, you know, it's like, okay, this is my gift, and what am I going to do with my gift? But the, when Paul and the other writers of Scripture talk about using gifts, they are always talking about it in this, in the the like the scene, like the scene that they're setting around it. The context is community. That our none of us have all of the gifts, and none of us are meant to operate in them as an island. You know, they do benefit us, but they are magnified and multiplied in effectiveness when we join together with other believers and use them together. And flying right in the face of our like individualist tendencies in America, Paul says that we 
you can see it here in this Ephesians verse, if you look at it, he says that we won't, you know, that this building of the gifts is, has been given to us until we all reach unity in the faith and become mature. So he's linking our individual maturity to the unity that we have with other believers. Did you know that you can't be a fully mature Christian by yourself? You need people. We need each other to grow into the things that God has for us. And so, in that setting of of community, in that setting of working towards unity, God has launched these gifts, and they're meant to do that. Um, Unfortunately, the church has a history of using God's gifts for selfish reasons. Um, But God is willing to work with people that don't handle his gifts perfectly because he doesn't really have any other choices. That's all of us. You might see somebody using one of God's gifts for, you know, for prideful reasons to build themselves up and be like, why is God letting them do that? It's like, well... God gave the gift. He wants them to use it. It doesn't mean they're using it right, but he's not going to take the gift away. What he's wanting to do is bring them into community so that they learn how to use that. Now, we need to have grace for people in that way. The, uh, so just because we see, we can maybe think of examples in our lives where this has gone wrong, where people have tried to make themselves into the stars of the show or gone around parading the title of their spiritual gift. That doesn't mean that the gift is not real. It's just that we're all growing into how to use these things together, right? So um, let's look a little more into how we can grow in these things today. What are we supposed to do with our gifts? Well, the answer is the same whether we're talking about what I've called natural gifts or like inborn things or spiritual gifts. The, in each of these cases, the, the thing that we're meant to do is grow. God made all the things that he made as living things. He made us to grow. He wants us to continue moving towards maturity like we saw in Ephesians. He wants us to be equipped Equipping is like a is like a growing. When you go when you start a new job, you go through training, right? Where you um, you know you become equipped, and so God wants all of us to grow in these ways, and that's true even um, even about like gifts that seem less spiritual, right? Really, what God is after is for us to be available. That whatever He would put in our hand, we would take and use that for the purposes that we've seen there, to build up the body, to reach unity, you know, and to give God glory in the world. So, um, so what are some ways that we can steward our own gifting, whatever our gift set is? Well, um, first of all, we can gain new gifts, um, the older you get, it's kind of the easier I'm finding to be like, well, this is who I am now. And, um, and this is just, this is just it. And maybe it's good, you know, maybe you wish it was better, but it's kind of like, well, I, I, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, whatever. But that's actually not biblical. That's one of those phrases. You won't find that old dog in the Bible anywhere. The, 
you, you certainly can learn new tricks. And that's kind of the great thing about uh, following Jesus. Um, and interestingly, you know, you might think like, oh, I don't want to be, you know, demanding of God or ask for too much. But actually, he wants you to ask for more. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul encourages people to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Um, he's like, if you have some, ask for more. You know, you need more of God's gifts working in you, and you can have them. You know, we believe, and I, I don't have time to go into the full theology of this right now, but we believe that spiritual gifts can happen at any time. Um, sometimes you might receive them right at the point of, like, accepting Jesus, but other times you might be, like, way later where you receive these things. And that's because it's a gift, and you don't get to decide when it gets given to you, right? <laughs> Just like any other gift. So it's not bad to want more, and it's also not bad to want more natural gifting. You know, if you have ambition to learn new skills, God can also use that. Did you know that we have people in our church who have learned new skills to bless the body? We have people now that know how to run an internet live stream that didn't know that before. They have got a new gift, a new talent, just because they were willing to serve, you know? And so whether it's through, like, natural means, like, you know, with natural gifts, a lot of them you can be taught, you know? You can, you can learn stuff. You can gain skills. Um, and with spiritual gifts, the process is a little different because you can't decide when God gives you things, but you can certainly ask the Bible says a lot of times we don't have just because we don't ask. God is, God is gracious and he wants to give us the good things that he has. So you can receive prayer and we're going to um, open up today. You can ask God for a new gifting. And if you do that, he may just say yes. Again, the gifting, and this is where, you know, as a new Christian, this was hard for me. I really wanted the gift of healing, right? But as I see now looking back, I just wanted to, like, look cool while I was healing people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's humbling to say, but that is really what it was. And I didn't get that one. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it, we could talk to you about situational and constitutional gifts. Like, I have seen people I've prayed for get healed, but that's just because God is good and he'll use whoever happens to be around at the time. Um, but this, like, gift of healing that I had in mind where I was just going to, like, people were going to touch the hem of my robe and be, you know. It didn't pan out like that, but I think it was God's grace that it didn't because, <laughs> oh boy. I still don't know if I'd be able to handle that one, but I still ask every now and then because I want to see God's kingdom come. And hopefully my motives have gotten better over the years. But so all that to say, if you ask, the point is not because you want to be awesome, but because you see a need and you want to fill it because you want to build up God's body. And it can be the same for learning a skill like running a soundboard or a or a computer stream. You know, if you do that from the heart of building up God's body, you know, God will give you what you need to do that. And you'll become a caretaker of the gifting that he has to offer, right? A steward. 
Um, a second thing, and this kind of goes along with it, but if you already have gifts, a way that you would be a steward of them is to actually use them. Um, I won't go into right now the parable of the talents, but you guys are, it's, it's funny that it's called, about, it's called talents. That was a unit of money in the ancient world, but it's like actually about a synonym in English for skills or gifts. Um, you know, there was these people that were given different amounts of money and some of them invested it and like did something with it and one guy just buried it in the ground and Jesus was like, why did you do that? Like, what do you think I gave that to you for? (laughs) You know, if I was concerned about losing it, I could have just taken it with me, you know, in the story. But, so, to be a steward of our gift is to use it and to use it, like I mentioned, in humility. That's the, that's the real key. If you, um, if you really, if you use your gifts for any purpose other than those ones that are laid out there, which is bringing glory to Jesus, blessing the body of Christ, and fostering unity and reconciliation among people, then that's not the stewardship that Jesus had in mind. Those are the reasons that we have them. And they benefit us. So it's tricky because as we use those things, it does benefit us like as a side benefit, but it's easy to kind of like make the part that's about us the main thing, and that's, that's where we go wrong. So as we're seeking to be stewards, we want a member to use what we have in humility and in thankfulness. For me, I found that one of the very best ways to be humble is to say thank you. Because when do you say thank you? when someone gave you something or did something for you. You didn't have any control over it. You didn't make them do that. You, you just said thank you, right? And, you know, so it can be easy. Like if someone sees you like operating one of your gifts and compliments you, it can easily be, like, be easy to be like, oh no, you know, just don't even think about me. But that's, that's not humility. That's like... I don't know how to give glory to Jesus and be thankful for the thing that I have. Just say thank you. The more you say, and also say thank you to Jesus. Every time you do something good, just be like, thank you, Jesus. That was amazing. And uh, I think you'll find that that helps you with humility in your heart. Just being thankful is one of the best ways to get the attention off of ourselves because it just is a, a recognition on the conscious or even subconscious level that the good thing we have didn't originate with us. It just flowed through us into blessing someone else. Um, so we want to use what we have in humility, but we also want to use it with purpose. And um, you know, I want us to be excited about like operating in our gifts, right? Like I, I want... I want it to be a thing that is like a a normal part of our culture, but I I recognize that anytime you step out in something that's God-given, there's some risk involved in that because people might not accept it. They might, it might cause you to be treated weird. It happened to Jesus a lot. Um, People did not know what to do with him. Uh, They wanted the free bread and stuff that he had, (laughs) but you know, they, they really didn't know what to do always with the things that he would do and the, and the ways that he would challenge them. And some of the, you know, he got in trouble for using his spiritual gifts because he healed somebody on, you know, Saturday, which is the Sabbath. And like, 
all things like that. So there, there always is some element of risk that you might be rejected, and it is easy to kind of downplay your gifts or soft play them, you know, because anytime you're different, like people, we just are so bad about wanting to squish everybody into being the same. But we all have different things, and we can all support each other in that, right? If you, maybe you experienced this in school, you know, if you had some gift, that gift might have been the thing that you were picked on for. Do you know kids that are like really artistic who get picked on? Like people mess up their drawings and stuff. I saw that happen in high school. I spent most of my high school trying to appear less smart because I, that was what I thought people wanted from me, you know? And any of our gifts can be like that. And so what we don't want to do is find ourselves in hiding from the things that we have. We want to use them, um, but we also, we, we want to use them in humility so that when we do use them, the, you know, the more you're a jerk about however, whatever your gift is, the more people are, will tear you down for it too. So that's just a little practical point, also relevant to my high school experience. But, um, so that, that mix of humility with purpose is really important. We want to be purposeful in using our gifts, but we want to remember to care about people, to use them to build up other people, and not to make ourselves the center of attention. And the more that we do that, the more we'll be able to, you know, express them in confidence and then just go to the background and let God's work be glorified. And I think probably, I guess, the last way that I want to talk about, um, you know, we talked about gaining new gifts, but one thing, a, a super powerful image that the Bible uses to talk about what to do with our gifts is one that Paul gave to Timothy, and it's in both of the letters to Timothy. This was something that he needed to be reminded of multiple times, just like we do, but Paul told Timothy to fan into flame the gift that was in him. And, you know, have you ever thought about your gifts that way? Like, this is, a, this is like a little fire inside you that needs to be fed. And the more that you feed it, the more that it comes out and blesses others the more it brings the church towards unity. The, whether it's a natural gift or not, like if you have natural creativity, you know, fan that into flame because who knows who might be blessed and inspired through the things that you make. If you have natural intelligence, try to get smarter, right? Because whatever you've been given, God wants you as a steward of to, to grow it, to keep it moving. If you have a gift of like prophetic words or wisdom, you know, you need to, you know, start trying it out. Uh, Tell people and see if you're right, you know. It's so easy for us to coast on our gifts, you know, that we just kind of like, okay, I just do this and I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in this area and I don't feel the need to grow. But God wants us to 
fan into flame the gift that is in us. The, even though that takes conscious effort and work, but it's not, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it's harder than it is. If you're creative, just start creating things. Like, it's not some 12-step process to, like, fanning into flame, you know. You just start making stuff. If you have gift of prophecy, just start listening. Quiet yourself down and listen to what God might say. And then practice speaking. You know, there's a way, there's space for that here in the body of believers. If you see people like when we have ministry time, they get up and maybe share a word. Those are people that are practicing, learning to listen to God's voice and share what he has. And it's real easy. All you do is come up and talk to one of the leaders or pastors afterward and be like, hey, I have this. Like, can I share that? And they'll like filter it. And, you know, if you're way off base, they might stop you right there. But more often than not, we want to give people a chance to share that and see what comes from it, because we're trying to fan into flame the gifts, um, not just of individuals, but of the body. And that's kind of the thing I want to close with, you know, that there's this, there's this synergy that will happen when all of us are using our gifts. Then it's not just one person that has to have a whole bunch of them, but if we're able to support each other in in whether it's a glamorous gift, you know, one of the ones mentioned by Paul is service. You know, that could just be like moving chairs around and stuff, but that's a spiritual gift. We want to bless that just as much as ones that involve you ended up on this stage. And when everybody is using that, then when people, when we invite people to join us here, they'll see a family of people that are supporting each other, though they're different though they might even believe very different things, that the vision that God has for the church that way is something that's not happening anywhere else in our culture. There is no other place. And if the church is not doing it either, then there's just no place. It's meant to start here where we support each other in using the things that we have. So one of the best ways that you can be a steward of the gifts that God has given you is to bless the gifts that you see operating in people around you. And whatever it is, just encourage them in it. If it's one that you have, maybe you can even offer them assistance. But if it's one that you don't have, like, man, that's awesome. I'm so glad you have that because I'm terrible at it, right? So, the last thing here is that it's not about, like, I don't want anybody to hear pressure in this, right? Gifts are, gifts are free and they are meant to be used, you know, but I don't want you to hear like, oh gosh, I gotta, I got you know, fanning into flame is, is pretty easy. It doesn't take frantic, you know, if you build fires, you don't have to fan the flames frantically. <laughs> just, just a little, like, fan it into flame, you know, just make sure, like, do it, you know, use them. What am I doing? A bellows, a fan? I'm not sure what that hand motion is, but it doesn't take like a, a, like a flurry of motion. It's just like I am purposefully going towards this. And just remember that in all of this, Jesus' grace covers us. These gifts are all graces. Jesus' grace is on us. He knows when he gives us the gift that we're not always going to use it right. He knows what we're going to miss opportunities to walk in it, and it's okay. 
he still gives it to you in freedom because that's the way that he wants to build up his body. Let me just uh, finish by reading that verse from Hebrews again. And let me say this as a blessing over our church. Now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.